Hey, everyone. Welcome to uh, Movie Marathon with Murphy and Mike. Uh, very excited to be continuing our uh, Killer Threes, I think is what we're calling it, or, or Killer Bees. Is that a... It's, either or, whichever thing? one. <laughs> yeah. It's either going to be something fun that rhymes, or it's just we're going to... Yeah, whatever. So now we're doing a run of all part threes in horror franchises, uh, because we are not a well-organized podcast with a coherent <laughs> vision. <laughs> of anything we do uh no no because basically the whole purpose of this podcast is for murph and i to talk about movies that we want to talk about and if that ever finds us an actual audience it will be well no one will be as surprised as the two of us so <laughs> yeah i uh so today uh murph uh, i know you're excited about this one uh so excited i forgot about it <laughs> i actually skipped ahead an episode um you yeah we're watching we had to have done it already well i know we've sent notes back and forth and i know we've talked probably about twice a like, bunch in our yeah we probably have twice i i think it's my favorite of the series but this is uh we're going to talk about friday the 13th part three 3d um which i have to ask you did you watch it in 3d have you watched it in 3d i have never seen it in 3d so it's not clear to me what if you did what would be in 3D because they're very subtle it's very, how they're using it. Very subtle. It's very <laughs> subtle. You've got to you've got to be real careful and pay attention, otherwise you're going to miss all of the uh, the fan, the fantastic 3D 3D uh, 3D effects. Blah, can't talk. Um, yeah, this is this is uh, to your point on what we're doing. Uh, again, I I I've, I feel like we've kind of talked about this a few times. There's this theory that. You know, with horror movies or really franchises in general, usually by the third movie, they're either completely uh, hitting pay dirt on on uh, creativity and where the plot's going to go, or they double down and, and and really lean into what they've done so far, or they start picking new directions and, and running with it. So um, Friday the 13th Part 3D is one where really pays off on just doubling down on everything that that worked yeah. uh and and really just dumping any kind of plausibility uh pretty quick so you just don't have to worry about <laughs> that and just move straight into they they figured out the formula early in the 80s which was people are here for body count and creative kills and a you know surprises and i i think friday 13th part three delivers pretty well on on, on all those fronts Oh, I totally agree there because they're, they're churning these out pretty quick at this point. Uh, one um, a year, I think, at this point, yeah. right? So yeah. they're really just sticking with the formula, trying to get some kills in, trying to do what works. And you, you can, I go back and forth on this one. Sometimes I absolutely love it. And sometimes I'm, I am like, oh, the characters are extremely one dimensional. It's obviously so formulaic. It's like, I go back and forth on loving it for how much it is just plugging into the formula. <laughs> and sometimes like watching it and like seeing all the flaws of like, Oh, we we just needed to turn something out to make a, to make $20 million. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. And they did. I mean, this, this made, um, I think it was 36 million. Let me check. I, I had my notes pulled up. I mean, like 3 million or something to make, I bet. Uh, two, two to make and it was yeah. 37 million at the box office so i mean so you see why they're doing this every year i mean that like <laughs> yeah no i uh 
uh, I, I can't I can't blame him. I mean, like, yeah, it's like, okay, you could make an entire well, people did make an entire career out of like, okay, I'm just gonna keep running this thing like, to the ground. Yeah, at some like, point except for life. Like yeah. Yeah, exactly. I um I also thought it was interesting too that this came out Friday the thirteenth, uh, August thirteenth, nineteen eighty two. And it's interesting because it did nine point. It's just actually a lot. And in nineteen eighty two, did nine point four million on its opening weekend. And right behind it was E. T. at eight point three million, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> That's right. This this was the one that uh, dethroned E. T. from its long like two month run of being number one of the box office. <laughs> well, and what's weird is uh, so on on it's called the numbers. Uh, it says Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. And it, that did 3.7 million in 1982. And then that says weekends and release 273. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, wild which, when you look at how, how, like, how things have changed for movies. Yeah. And actually this, this did four X uh, what fast times at Ridgemont high did, you know, on the same opening weekend, which is crazy. Um. Interesting. I'm just looking at all the other yeah, stuff. It, it, it beat out. It beat out Rocky Three, uh, which Rocky Three been out for about 12 weeks. Yeah, uh, I mean Rocky Three did like 120 million dollars. So <laughs> I think they won the long game on that one. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's funny for how much how much stuff this uh, was um, but, beating out in 1982. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But also tell you uh, how much things change. Um, how much they stay the same. I'm, I'm just looking at the yearly grosses. Um, and uh, this was 21st for 1982. Coming in a few spots behind it at 24th. Uh, Sophie's Choice. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> right. I'll just tell you what, uh, you know. People's taste and, was uh, <laughs> at the time. Um, oh, well, I'm looking at in year. That, so that might not be. It, that may have had a longer run. I'm probably doing a disservice to it. Let me see. Uh, I think you're. I think this thing's getting about as much credit as it, as it probably deserves. Oh, but yeah, I. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I, I just don't want to uh, all the Sophie's Choice fans to come come after us. Well, it's their their fucking problem. No, it um, did thirty million uh, domestic. Yeah, wow. So I they had uh, a really short. I still Sorry. think that no, no, you're <laughs> it was rabbit holes or uh, I'm getting or easy. into a, um, but no, it, this, this was in 82. And so I, you know, the, the closest parallel probably at the time from a franchise standpoint was Halloween. Halloween had only done two movies and, uh, uh, yeah, which is crazy. Uh, they had killed off Michael Myers. And so, you know, again, we, we talked about the Halloween three episode, but Carpenter, and really the creative team's intent was to kill off Michael Myers and, and pivot the whole series into something different. They didn't want to keep doing this repeating slasher idea, which was, you know, in the moment, probably not a wise choice, but long-term it was obviously the right creative path. Um, uh, here. Nope. They just kept doubling down. They're like, we're going to bring, uh, they, they already brought Jason back for part two. I watched part two again today and uh, bring Jason back, even though in theory he was dead in yeah, the first that's, one. That's the motive. One for of the, the things <laughs> I love on this franchise is at times they go to great pains to explain how Jason has come back. Yeah, and at other times they make no effort at all to explain how Jason has come back. And I would say this one is really no effort at all. Like <laughs> he's just back. 
he's back. And I, I think this is supposed to take place five minutes after part two. Oh, yeah. Yes. So that's what I have. <laughs> we should this, talk about, we got to talk about Jason's technically wardrobe. like Saturday the 14th or Sunday the 15th. I can't quite tell the timeline. No, it's, I think it's Saturday the 14th. You're right. Cause part, um, yeah. it does take place immediately after part two. Um. So my question is, is for that though. So they go into like the next day after part two, like part two ends where it's like night. Yep. It's going to be morning. And then I feel when Jason and the start of this one, when he's killing Harold and Edna. Yeah. I, that, does she have a name? That seems to be at night as well. So I, it feels like maybe we've gone to another night and like this goes down into Sunday. That also potentially means these kids are arriving on Sunday for their like weekend trip. Nobody's going on vacation on a Sunday. That's weird. Like, that's a weird yeah. time. But these are weird kids. So we'll talk about it. I mean, that's when Shelly was free. It's, it's, <laughs> He's got a yeah. lot going on. Yeah, yeah. He was doing his fucking magic show, apparently, in the van. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think this is... I'm going to give it credit that it takes, takes place the same night that the end of part two takes place. Because it shows them uh, the beginning of this after a... It seems like 15-minute... <laughs> refresh of what happened in part two yeah. uh it it shows jason kind of crawling away uh even though he's i would argue had a good chunk of his upper torso chopped into <laughs> um he kind of he kind of shimmies away and he seems fine so i i think it's supposed to be the same night because you know it can't be i'm sorry you're right you're right your timeline makes sense it can't it cannot be the same <laughs> night because the 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 creepy wife is watching the news the news story about oh, right. what happened. So it has to be right. It, to be, right, yeah. it has to be next day. Yeah. What was I? Yeah. God damn it! What was I thinking? Stupid. What I love so much about this is oh. the movie makes you think about this stuff that does not matter one bit at all. No, like no. I'll tell you what did did matter in this three dimensional props. <laughs> that's what <mattered laughs> yeah, in this. and that's about all. And I, I also heard. heard seen some of the making of stuff I've seen and that there are a number of like the actors and I always take this stuff with a bit of grain of salt because of course you'd kind of say this um, if you're an actor but there are some complaints <laughs> of like some of the performances suffered because the 3D technology was pretty hard to work with yeah, and so they were taking cuts where the 3D stuff worked as opposed to like performances working and stuff um, which I buy. I'm sure that did happen. But also, it's not like this is like Jack Nicholson and Meryl Streep like <laughs> acting in this. Yeah, I, I um, it, also these are not richly written characters. Either, no, so. I, I don't want to knock the people who are in it because I do right, enjoy. They're, I think they're, they're all bringing. fine, but they're not given a lot to <laughs> to play. Um, but yeah, like I was like, uh, I don't know if so much if this is just like you can blame all this on. Uh, uh, like, like case in point, like the guy Larry Zerner who played Shelley, uh, he's a lawyer. Like he, uh, he, he yeah, obviously got out of acting. That's that's pro- I mean, good for him. He he deserved it, but uh, probably tells you he's acting was not like his strongest suit. So you know, I get it. Like, but yeah, well, get, uh, that he got cast as w- maybe one of the most annoying characters in cinema history. Probably didn't help his career either. <laughs> uh no, it's not, not the most likable character, and so uh, yeah, a tough takeaway there. I, I'd have to say he probably has one of the most important roles in this series, though, and I say that because yeah, he gives Jason his mask. Um, because yeah, like any other normal person, when you go on vacation, you you pack 
hockey masks and you pack wetsuits and uh, <laughs> you know, all sorts of interesting stuff. So Dude. I, uh, man, I, there's so much. I, I think this might be. It's my favorite Friday the Thirteenth in terms of just silly stuff. It's not probably the best, yeah, but yeah. it's fun. Like I, I have the most fun watching this. It's got the most like silly stuff going on out in that that it's outside of maybe a Crispin Glover in a <laughs> in part four. Uh, which I I I want to cover that at some point too. I do yeah. want to talk about um uh, uh Crispin Glover and 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 British American twins. <laughs> uh, so what's what's a relief ahead. about doing this? So so many movies we've done, you try to open with, you know, I don't necessarily like backstory. Want to like... count on. Everyone has watched these movies who's listened to this or seen them recently. So you try maybe try to give like a plot synopsis, but we're not always doing like the greatest movies. And so sometimes <laughs> a plot synopsis can be a struggle <laughs> to hey. really do succinctly. And uh, it's just a relief to do something where it's like, uh, so it's Friday the 13th. So you, you, just, you know you, who you, Jason you, Voorhees is? Yeah, you just right, jump in. He's trying, to, he's trying to kill some teenagers. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> Which when I was a kid, you're all, you're all caught up. Jason was always the. It was, I, I guess it's hard. It's hard. Like, I'd have to explain it to my kids if I was ever to show one of them, show them these movies. Because when we were growing up, we were growing up when these movies were uh, in the zeitgeist and just always present. Every Halloween on USA or sci fi, yeah. you could see the entire series on any time there's a Friday the 13th. Always USA date. for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I saw most of them too, was USA. Um, and as I remember, that was like the go-to. Co- I, I I did it a couple years. Like the go-to costume was like if you just didn't plan ahead for Halloween, you had to go <laughs> trick or treating. You just put a Jason mask on, yeah. <laughs> and you have like a fake a fake knife. It was like the cheapest, easiest go-to yeah. Halloween costume. And but we uh, were probably the perfect age because these had probably kind of run their course a bit by the time we were like twelve, thirteen. Yeah, and so. You're probably hitting where the people who own the rights to these are now trying to milk it for everything they can <laughs> through cable. So we're just getting like, because like you get to like seven or eight, um, where well, that's probably around like 88, 89 ish. Yeah. You go like uh, Man- Manhattan was 89, I think. Later. And that's hitting a time for us when like you're up at midnight on a sleepover. <laughs> And they're like, oh, we can put on three straight Friday the 13th movies for pretty cheap. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, we hit a real sweet spot, I think, age wise for uh, getting a ton of these on cable. That's uh, and that's really how I remember seeing these was, uh, uh, again, on like sleepover stuff or having people's older brothers who saw it, like explain what happened to it. <laughs> and then um, uh, I remember playing the Super or the Nintendo, the Nintendo Friday the 13th game. How wild. And uh, it was horrible. <laughs> like It was really hard. And then Jason co- comes Shocker. up and he, he kills you. And like, that's pretty much the end of it. It's not a good, <laughs> not a good game. But yeah, no, I, I, I it, it was so prolific to your point. You just didn't have to J the name Jason really only meant Friday the 13th. They were, they were interchangeable really. Like that was how yeah. people knew it. And it's, and it was also like, you just, I don't know how, like who explained it to me, but everyone knew like, oh, Jason Voorhees like kills kids at the camp. Yeah. And that was kind of like the rub. Like, yeah. And I was like, okay, you get that. And that's 
I guess that's the beauty of why this lasted. It's the concept is so simple. Yeah. But like in its own way, like rich. And actually that's not entirely true, but I think that still kind of accurately sums up what <laughs> what this is. Well, it's it's funny because it's so much so it's hard to describe. So much of it's focused on just building a world where they can set up these crazy elaborate kills. Uh, but it does seem to tap into something that's at, at times like truly scary. And like the idea of being stuck by yourself in a, in a, in a house where you find all your friends dead and, and you, you really yeah. can't escape. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, there are moments where it's genuinely a, a scary, scary movie. Um, but yeah, it, this one to me still is the most sort of cornball goofy. Cause it gets a lot. It's weird. Like this one to me still has like a 1970s feel to it. Yeah, like the characters I think they're making the... it so cheap. Yeah, they're, and then, they're like behind the times a bit of yeah. Yeah, and then when they go to part four, that's real. That's you're you're definitely now in the eighties, and it's it feels it feels <laughs> like that. And then, um, especially with like the as you keep going, like it just gets more violent. and It's more focused on violence and nudity, and it's like that's that's kind of what was the draw for a lot of these. And you you kind of get a little bit of that here. It's but it's not as over the top as excuse me over the top as it is in part um four five and six uh so yeah yeah i, I but yeah it, it, it's th- this one to me is interesting we're talking about you know establishing or jason being established uh as a part of the zeitgeist this one's the one that really establishes a lot of the tropes to me and um obviously his look it's it's got the that that yeah. that mask you might call it the Goldfinger of the Friday the Thirteenth series. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the it's the perfect culmination of all of the stuff that had been they successful put, kind of before. put everything together of what this is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> they found all the elements in our. Hey, if you're going to produce a co- something by Jason Inc. as your company, mm-hmm. it better be damn good. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. It's my favorite part is it's uh, a Paramount movie, which you get the beautiful Paramount logo when you open this. And then you get uh, a, a Jason Inc. production, I think, <laughs> at some point, <laughs> which is just uh, you can just tell how how lazy this feels <laughs> in terms yeah. of what they're they're doing. They're just trying to go as fast as they can. Yeah, and it's also I'm curious. You'd have to really go through and look at like the timing and stuff, but this also feels like for the horror genre is solidifying a lot of tropes of let's just stick a bunch of teenagers off on their own somewhere and something comes and kills them. Um, that really kind of dominates um, the genre for quite some time. Yep. And uh, it's basically what um, Halloween four is after this. And it's um, uh, can't or sleep away camp. It's um, I'm, I mean, it's pretty, it's at your point. What was the one? I just watched it. Uh, oh, the mutilator. Which is just I've never seen that. Uh, it's 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 good. Oh, not good. It's <laughs> I watched it on uh, the Joe Bob Briggs uh, last drive in on on Shutter, and it, it's fun yeah. because it's it's uh, it's shot entirely in North Carolina, and it's like, people from like New Jersey driving on like spring break or something or fall break, whatever the fuck that is, driving from like New Jersey to um some beat. I think it it's either South Carolina or North Carolina. I can't remember where, and and like the whole premise just revolves around one person's rental property and they don't really shoot anything else. It's just 
that and a couple of shots on the beach and that's pretty much the entire movie but yeah it's uh yeah <laughs> that's it's, all you need yeah it's all you need um but no it, uh this 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 to me is sort of the proto not prototypes a bad word for it but it's like the perfect encapsulation of what 80s slashers become <laughs> which is just yeah kind of hokey you're, you're you don't give a shit about the characters everybody's pretty two-dimensional and um uh you're really focused on 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 cheap scares and and, and then some creative kills and I, I think it's fun i i i like watching this one because it is fun it's really brightly colored, which is which is strange. And I really enjoy all of the uh, the flaws that come with the three dimensional stuff. You mentioned the cameras, <laughs> and they're so focused on that. There's a lot of really bad stuff here. Shots that are out of focus. Uh, there's lots of real bad uh, chemical spills on like when they develop the film in a couple of scenes where it's just real. Got lots of um, artifacts on the screen, so it's like they really just weren't. It just feels like they were not trying <laughs> that hard when they did this but uh but yeah i i can't complain i i really enjoy it so yeah um, one of the things i enjoy because i think two one and two i think are probably better movies two, two is really good i actually um, I, I again watched it today i, I think it's yeah. the characters no, are better developed and it, it's a more yeah, so uh, much... <laughs> intense movie richer characters for sure uh, um four I, I enjoy that five is a little weird the direction they go in um six I really enjoy, but that goes a little it's a parody more at that point. humor. Yeah. And yeah. so it's really kind of changing a little bit. And then they kind of swing back a bit. Um, but this, I find really a lot of the things I love about the franchise. This has all of them. So it's good. So it feels weird sometimes going back and watching two, and it's like Jason in like the bag thing that's like a ripoff from the town that dreaded sundown. Um, yeah, right. like overalls and a bag yeah. and like pitchforks and stuff. Yeah, it's it's uh, real. It's, oh, it's not like pure Jason <laughs> quite yet. Um, and then, but then this also has so it's got the it's got the Shelly character who's like the goofy virgin, like. It's trying too hard to get laid. Uh, it's kind of awkward, weird character. And then it's got random side characters who are so obviously there just to be murdered and up the body count. <laughs> um, and so it's got a lot of elements in it that um, I find very funny in the franchise. And just... I, I, I don't necessarily want to use the word unintentionally because I don't think they're unaware of what they're doing entirely it's more just they are not they're turning this out to make some money and so it's not like they secret it's not like they're thinking this is brilliant screenwriting and movie making it's like oh we're hitting these parts and we need some more kills throw these people in there and like make them unlikable so it's okay that they're disposable characters and i actually enjoy math. like kind of like seeing the obvious behind the scenes like calculations of the, making the, these, the wheels turning in this yeah <laughs> and then the 3d stuff is so like shoehorned in there as a thing it's that's always very funny of <laughs> what was a better 3d movie this or jaws 3 <laughs> oh man i mean i guess technically jaws 3 maybe not i i i, 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 I enjoyed that one in a while yeah, I, I enjoy this one better. But no, you're right. Like, I it's fun because I think I was trying to count. I think there's only 12 kills in this, 
which uh, only, only twelve. That seems sounds... pretty. Yeah, it seems pretty high. Yeah, it's it's pretty high, especially when you think about the fact that it's at like and a remote, pretty remote... high. I mean, uh... <laughs> like, uh, are you as high as uh, Chuck and uh, Chili? <laughs> so what's yeah? What's the hippie guy? Is it Chuck? It's Chuck. The... It's Chuck. The guy who Chuck's looks like hippie. Tommy Chong in this, like uh, yeah. the guy who's at least forty-five years old, hanging out with a bunch of nineteen-year-olds. <laughs> <in the woods. laughs> okay. All right. So, do we need to go? Uh... Start. Oh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. If start at the beginning is the right word because that's all the way going to the obligatory ten minutes from the second one that that start this movie. Well, I, I there's stuff I want to talk about that's like always been interesting to me. Maybe, maybe like you know, the premise here is takes place again. It's on. Well, I think we've established now it's Sunday the fifteenth <laughs> <laughs> that it takes place. I really like that you you get. In this, and actually, it's your background for this, because I've got uh, Jason in the lake when he's when he's a little baby, baby, uh, 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 bubblehead Jason. I'm trying to think, what's the name of your guy? Uh, Harold. Harold. Okay, uh, the insufferable fat lard Harold. A very important character for our podcast to talk about. <laughs> but uh, I want to talk. About, let's talk about Harold because I think he, <laughs> Shelly. Here, here's how I see this movie. Why it's important is it gives Jason the mask. More important, it gives him some slacks and it gives him a really nice uh, <laughs> green shirt. I, I, Jason's you think entire those are outfit. Heralds? Yeah, I do. I'm telling you, if you go back to the beginning of this, when when they're doing the clothesline stuff and Jason's creeping around, if you look, you see that shirt and you see those slacks. They're hanging up there to dry. So I think it turns out that Jason and Harold actually are uh, body doubles for each other. Yeah. Which so, is probably not good for Jason, but. So Harold and his wife, I believe her name's Edna, but I'm not who it's hilarious. She's like 22 trying to play 42. And it's very funny. <laughs> um, uh, but they are both in particular Harold, the the most disgusting human beings you've ever seen in your life. And they yeah, go to such great pains to do that. <laughs> um, and so that's like <laughs> one of the things like I, I recently watched part five and that's something they do in that one to e- an even more extreme degree than this. The mom and the but son. Watch- yeah. yeah. <laughs> but watching this, I go back and forth there. Sometimes I will watch it. And I'm like, these people are fucking disgusting. I don't like them. <laughs> and this time watching it I was like, man, I really like Harold. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> I get it, buddy. <laughs> you he, do you Harold. <laughs> he does have some things that I make. I, I do the same thing of, um, like if the kid, if like the kids have a snack and or like dinner and they didn't finish it, like oh, there's a chicken nugget that they didn't eat. I'm like, I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna eat this. I don't want to waste this oh, chicken nugget. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna eat that and I or like a half eaten cookie that you know it's kind of gross, but yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll eat a half eaten cookie for my kids. Oh, like <laughs> Sam doesn't eat pizza crust and like I will when we have pizza, I intentionally know <laughs> mm. I, I can eat a piece of pizza, then I'll just wait and I'll get two pieces of crust pretty soon. <laughs> it's like how can I eat a ball of carbs? Oh, great, my son doesn't want this. Yeah. yeah, I um I really enjoy watching Harold just walk around their store and he eats like a half a donut, then he puts it back and then like opens a, a jug of orange juice, drink like takes a swig of that, puts it back. Um like and then he's letting <laughs> yeah, his pet like, rabbit. They run a store. He's doing this in a store for the public. People yeah. are gonna come buy this orange juice that he has taken a drink yeah, out. Yeah, that, that's what I think is that's what I think is the funniest to me is like He's disgusting, but the joke is actually on the people who are his customers. Like <laughs> that's what I yeah. think is funny. Um, but he's it, like not malicious or anything. No, he's, he's just, just like kind of an idiot, a slob. Like yeah, know, like yeah. 
it's kind of relatable in a way of like, yeah, oh, we all get lazy sometimes and do. <laughs> yeah, Roast like stuff I, in private. <laughs> I've got no shame. I've, I've eaten no one half finds eaten out about <laughs> uncrustable that got left out for a couple hours because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to waste it. We paid for that, so I think I think we all we all have a little bit of Harold in us, and we just don't like to admit it sometimes. Yeah, we all like to admit it. we're a a forty eight year old uh, fake body fat suit. Uh, uh, guy who who likes to to snack on stuff that he's not but supposed to. We also now know why like orange juice and like uh, cans of peanuts have that like pop top thing <laughs> that lets you know it's fresh and hasn't been that, opened yet. That's how you know this movie is from the, the early eighties. That it's definitely pre food safety as a concern. We, really, Harold helps us out. We wouldn't have without Harold doing the work he's doing. We wouldn't have protections on that's our true. food like this. Well, speaking of food, I have, a, I have this is something that's always stood out to me, and and this this movie is, uh, so he gets scared by a snake that's in in um, what is it? It's in like his rabbit cage or something. That sounds right. Yeah, there's or, yeah, a few animal cages or something. Yeah. Another another fun um another fun three D effect is is a really yeah. fake looking snake popping out of the camera, but um, he runs to the bathroom and his wife Edna's getting on him. And then he goes and you hear him taking a dump and the and the camera starts at, at his feet and you can hear like pooping noises and it pans up <laughs> to a Coke box, like like an old school, like wooden Coca-Cola box. And then he just pulls like a bottle of Jack Daniels out of it and he's, he's drinking whiskey while he's taking a dump. And I'm just like, what are they trying to tell? Like, did, did Coke turn them down for a sponsorship the for the life. movie? <laughs> Like, cause this is, this is like around the time of like that peak rival between Pepsi and Coke. And so I'm just having to wonder, like either Pepsi gave them money <laughs> because, be. uh, they're, they're really disparaging Coke or Coke turned them down and like, all right, fuck those guys. We're going to take a shit next to a Coke, a, a Coke advertisement for this movie. <laughs> it's always like, I don't know why it's always stood out to me. <laughs> what, what I love about that. We see Harold for like two minutes. And in that two minutes, he is just constantly snacking, find, finding hidden food, hidden drinks. And I, I like to imagine that this is how he lives his life. It's just a constant. He never eats a meal. He just constantly <laughs> is like snacking and sneaking drinks like 24-7. I enjoyed it. I think your notes were... Uh... Uh, it, Harold, we're watching Harold consume at least 10,000 calories a day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to sustain himself. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, you should I, not I be someone it. who works at a, a, a store with food in it. <laughs> it's not no, a healthy like he, he's probably also the reason that, that restaurants and, and a lot of places have, have to remind employees to wash their hands after they go to the bathroom. <laughs> I feel like he's, he's definitely not washing his hands when he's going back and handling stuff. So it's probably my favorite part about Harold is uh, when we're approaching. So both he and the wife are unlikable or designed to be unlikable. So Edna, the actress, was given two notes, shrill and nagging, and she crushes them both. (laughs) Harold, (laughs) Harold. (laughs) Uh, But Harold is approaching his death scene. And uh, he basically has like an umpire, like, catcher's chest protector on under his shirt so that he can take an axe to the chest and it's so noticeable and then when he gets it it's like ah that's what that was yeah i'm, I'm rewatching it a couple of times now i'm like you, it's it actually like you really can see it if you're looking for it, it's like oh okay like that guy's 
they're not even trying to make it look good as a fat suit or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's it's truly just a prop that they're going to use later. And it's almost at this point, they're kind of like, eh, half the audience is going to be drunk or high, so <laughs> we'll be all right. <laughs> that's probably true. That's a that's a really good point. I uh, yeah, but no, I I I, I like this this opening because it's so. It's they're trying so hard to make you not like the characters that it's it, it's <laughs> unintentionally funny. Well, I think it's unintentionally funny, um, but uh, it's it's such a good microcosm of what the rest of the movie is going to be, mm-hmm. and, 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 it, and it's truly like the first time where in these series, everybody is just two dimensional. They don't give a shit. They're just here to kill them off. Which, like that's all they're here for. I might argue Harold is the richest character in this movie. I feel I have a pretty good understanding of, what life of who he is and what his <laughs> life is. Everyone else, no clue. <laughs> yeah, um, even Chris. Chris is the uh, the the final. Oh, girl she, yeah, she's probably and to the he, point where you don't even necessarily know for sure she's the final girl. <laughs> At, for no. like a stretch, because like it's like probably her, but like you don't know that much about her. <laughs> No, I would argue that uh, Harold is a more enjoyable character. I like Harold more as a as a character to follow than I do Chris. Although I, I think once Chris becomes the final girl, I really like her. Then I think she does um, comports herself well in battling Jason. So really, the last fifteen minutes of the movie, yeah. where she she kind of comes together <laughs> as a character, which not not nothing against her, but uh, yeah, it. I you're right. I, I think uh, uh, our boy. Um, I blanked on his name. Uh, uh, Harold. Harold is uh, really, <laughs> and actually, we we need to talk about this too. I'm sorry, because uh, he, we we got to talk about the Star Wars connection, right? Like, like you you always reach for this in every single movie. Uh, you, you're showing you're showing your true colors here. You said Star Wars. Oh, I'm sorry. Star I, I, I I I see where your heart lies. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I know. I with the Force. Where's yours? <laughs> Some shitty phaser. You son of a bitch. It's a good thing we're 200 miles apart because you probably beat the shit out of me. If I told no. you your face. <laughs> the, my favorite part about this was I was looking for characters in this who, who, who were in Star Trek. And I, I was texting you about it, um, like joking, oh, I got to find some. <laughs> and I was like, oh, the biker gang. Like, those seem like good candidates. And then you sent back, oh, uh, the two, uh, like Harold and his wife seem seemed pretty good and i went and i was like holy shit harold harold you <laughs> not son even of a, bitch. a tv show harold in star trek 5 uh as pitch motion picture or pitch man i'm not sure pitch if man so i went <laughs> and watched star trek 5 <laughs> I, I i would say most people would say that's the weakest star trek movie i don't think i'm speaking out of turn there um i don't mind it it's fine but i i, I get the argument um I think it's the one Shatner directed, and you can kind of see that a little bit. Um, oh, you told me, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, early on, there's the villain has this plan to get the Enterprise to come to this planet, um, and there's this bar, and in the background at the bar, there is a TV playing a commercial, and Har- I'm pretty <laughs> sure Harold is the salesman, oh. the pitchman in the commercial on the I TV. Love it. In the background of the bar. Now they do go where they do like a close up on the TV of the pitch man giving a spiel for like a little bit. So it, you get it's not like 
full on background. He gets like a he gets a moment, an actual moment. Yeah, yeah, that. But I'm pretty sure of like watching it and being like, who could be Pitchman? I was like, well, I was like, it's got to be that guy. And it felt like the actor a bit. So pretty sure that's what it was. But I was like, all right, Harold. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, it. <laughs> because we got this request on uh, from a friend of ours, one of our nine listeners, uh, <laughs> asking us to bring back the the who would Carl Weathers be? And I feel like. Um, that's been supplanted by the okay what are the start what is the star trek connection yeah and uh uh turns out uh harold's our guy which is funny because he he's only been in like five things and and like two of them are this and then uh uh star trek (laughs) so it's (laughs) i think he did a lot of voice acting and stuff like that when i when i looked up yeah Um, i think he was some voices in like monsters inc and stuff so like uh, pretty big voice acting stuff but um he was in and then a lot too. of like random one episodes of TV shows here and there and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, it's... I I want to go back. I I haven't seen House. I, you and I watched it like during COVID. I remember that, and uh, that's a fucking wild movie. And he apparently has a names character in that. I got I got I want to go back now and watch House again. Oh, which one is that? It's the one where the guy from okay, the Greatest yes, American yes, Hero, yes, yes. the guy yeah. with the crazy Jerry curl, um, white guy with a Jerry curl, uh, um. Uh, it's like the Vietnam, uh, the guy who's in Vietnam and he's an author and his kid disappears. And then, um, somehow him coming to terms with his service in Vietnam, his <laughs> kid comes back after a year. Oh, we 100% and it's like have to do this. Happy ending. That, yeah. Uh, now yeah. it's all coming back. And that's yeah. a, uh, Steve Miner. Yeah, that's right. Steve Miner. You're right. Steve Miner directed that. I forgot. I forgot about that. So Steve Miner is all comes back together. <laughs> uh, Steve Miner, I think, directed um, Friday the 13th Part 2. And then he also did Halloween H2O, which I think we well, both did, watched. Yeah, he did, he did this recently. one as well, right? He yeah, great. he did this one. He did this okay, one. Okay, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Steve, Steve Miner uh, has some good, good history with um, with uh, the slasher genre, certainly. Uh, he also did Lake Placid, which we know that's a special place for you. Uh, <laughs> <Mother> <laughs> um, and those sweet, sweet underwater bears. Um, but yeah, I I, I like this because. Um... Sorry, I I got to interrupt you to tell my to remind you nothing was more vindicating in my entire life than when <laughs> how did this get made? Did Lake Placid? They talked about underwater bears. Talked about it looked like underwater bears <laughs> and. <laughs> It was like twenty years, twenty years of you getting finally, shit. Yeah, finally being vindicated. Oh, is this that movie about underwater bears? It's like no, it's not shit. No, um, I'm 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 happy for you. I'm happy that you got some vindication. I'm glad that uh, yeah. you weren't the only person who uh, who um, felt that way about what they were trying yeah. to show us. You know what? I gotta go see if the How Does It Get Made has the episode available and download it and listen to it again because that's a sweet, sweet feeling. You should. Uh, I think we were going to see Phantom Menace when we saw the trailer. Yeah, you are correct. <laughs> Which, um, in hindsight, I'd rather have seen Lake Plus. <laughs> oh, I disagree. I I'm glad we all got to go have that experience. Well, I here's the experience that I remember the most out of going to do that was uh, two of our friends fake sword fighting dressed as Luke Skywalker and uh, Darth Vader in front of the entire theater. Hi, William. <laughs> and Richard Esty, if he's listening to this. Um, that was before... It also, was like though, I will say, the whole theater cheered. 
The whole yeah, theater yeah. was into it. It wasn't like an embarrassing moment other than like that sounds vaguely embarrassing as a story to tell about somebody. But like in the moment, they were like they were here. They were the heroes. <laughs> like, Yeah, I think it was um, people were pretty, pretty pumped about it. It was before yeah. it was like a norm to dress up as in costume to go to movies, at least in the southeast, it seems. Well, especially um, like India and Augusta. Like for, for some people, like that's probably like the story they. If we were five years younger, I hope I somebody see that stories be, about I that. I could see that being the story we're telling on the podcast of like, when I went to go see Phantom Menace, there's two guys there. One's just with Luke, one's Darth Vader, and they fought. And I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> and they, like, I I hope there's somebody out there telling that story. That's yeah, like, I hope there's that, some ten year old in the audience who like that like made like <laughs> it was like that's the most awesome thing I've ever seen. And it's never gonna be as cool as that ever again. Yeah. William Jones, coolest guy in the world. <laughs> uh, he is. And uh, he speaks at least two languages. And he's Might moving to, to Portugal. A third. Yeah. Maybe even say. a third. So, so um, I'd recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, all right. I'm going to fast forward a little bit because um, we're an hour into right. this. Almost. <laughs> God damn um, it. <laughs> uh, so we get to meet not long after we watch uh, Harold and Edna get dispatched. <laughs> <laughs> we're literally 10 minutes into this movie maybe 20 minutes if you count the replay of, of part two <laughs> yeah so we can count it um but so uh, let's, let's meet our main cast <laughs> exactly so um basically they're all in a van together which is a pretty cool van uh it's got a bruce springsteen sticker and i wish i could have a car that not in like a fighter jet had my name uh like painted onto the edge outside of out of like the, the driver's window so it's like Pretty fucking cool. Don't worry. I see you in a few weeks painting your name on the side of your car. That's right. I uh I'm not sure black BMWs do do well with like, <laughs> your name painted down the side, but we can and try. I am not a good artist, so excellent. So we'll get good and drunk and I'll let you do yeah. that. Hey, did you paint this? No, I just keyed it into your car with my keys. It's like, oh, okay, great. So but yeah, we, we meet our main cast. Um they're they're pretty two-dimensional um uh <laughs> ripping off gorley and rust a little bit it does feel like they use color schemes as a way to distinguish like who's who like uh <laughs> well like you know um vera is the the latin woman they pick up who's supposed to be shelly's date she the entire movie wears like a bright red uh like like outfit and then um debbie who's the other character i think she's wearing pink and then uh, our main character and our final girl, uh, Chris, wears, I think, blue the entire time or or something like that. So blue and then a members only jacket. That's kind of how I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so which is wild. If you think about that, this is all in one day for them. So like they had this long ass drive with all those dipshits in a van. They yeah, get there lot, and then everybody just gets murdered in like 12. Hours. Like what a, what a tough day. Pretty eventful as well, because I. <laughs> Well, obviously, they all die, <laughs> or almost all of them. But, um, but like, that's just—I'm just gonna say—they don't all get murdered. <laughs> a lot of shit happens. You would be going back. Like, I'm just gonna say they're in college. You'd be going back and seeing people like you won't fucking believe what happened to us. Uh we thought we were gonna get pulled over. 
and oh, yeah, we, we, we ate all the uh, weed. Chuck and uh, whatever guy's name is ate all the weed and like got real sick and like bad shit. Like that was crazy. Debbie's oh, pregnant, right? Debbie's pregnant apparently, <laughs> and is debating about drinking and smoking. But uh, she's going back and forth, and it's nuts. Uh, we fucked in a hammock. Very, yeah. Vera's <laughs> dating a forty-five-year-old hippie. <laughs> we didn't know about that. Uh, and Shelly brought a wetsuit and a and a, and yeah. a spear gun. <laughs> None of us are friends with Shelly anymore because he's a fucking nut job. <laughs> and uh, oh, a gang of bikers that we yeah. um we ran over their motorcycles. Shelly antagonizes. They gang stole of all of our gas. <laughs> siphoned the gas out of our truck, so we are stuck there another day. Uh, we are driving there. <laughs> this fucking weird homeless guy was lying in the middle of the road, <laughs> and we stop. He tells us we're all doomed and gonna die, and then wanders off. And, and we saw some like, cops. They were wrapping up a crime scene where they uh, this, yeah. this older couple was murdered. It was weird, weird. That was the first day. You're right. That was the first eight hours of the trip we touched. Oh, and then Chris's super rapey ex boyfriend showed up, and <laughs> <laughs> he was just That's hanging right. out in the house. It was weird. Just weird. <laughs> don't don't go to Chris's so, parents' cabin. You're right. Like if no beds, if, if nobody died and Jason didn't show up, it would already be a weird weekend for these people to talk about yeah, the rest yeah. of their lives. Shelly so, brought a spear gun. Yeah, Shelly shot Veer in the leg by accident. He didn't mean to, but <laughs> yeah. it was fucked up. And then she stole his wallet. So, yeah, no, I, I, you're right. Like, it's so much weird shit. It, all of it's just, it's funny because it's all just filler. It's literally just filler to build oh, up to. But honestly, uh, though, I kills. remember doing shit like that in college. And that's not dissimilar from how it would be because it's a bunch of kids who are like 20 to 22. And you're sort of adults and have like, but you also are sort of kids and don't have your shit together at all. It's like. Yeah, you kind of get yourself into some like weird scenarios where like <laughs> I was not totally prepared for how the real world is. <laughs> um, yeah, and you just make some weird choices, and and I yeah, I like yeah, I'll, I I disagree. I have nothing positive or <laughs> yeah, nothing I want to not uh... <laughs> non self deprecating to say beyond I agree with you, yeah. and it, it's um. And it's funny because it's like, yeah, I remember weekends where it's like, oh, we're going to go get like a 24 pack of Coors and that's going to sustain us for the entire weekend. And like, we're going to do some dumb shit. And I was like, that's kind of what this is. It's like, it, it, it does yeah. feel relatable, but you don't, it's funny because you don't understand why these characters are friends with each other or like what the context of. So, all right. So I think I thought about this a little bit. I didn't fully make the trip. It seems like the girls are all friends. One of them's dating um, Andy. Uh, Andy. Andy and Shelly, I think, are roommates. Yeah. And so I think that's the connect. And then Chris, it's her parents' cabin. So she's bringing her girlfriends along. One's bringing the boyfriend. One is like, oh, like, but then why do they care? Why do they care about bringing a date? Well, I guess it's like, oh, we're, I got to bring my roommate along. So that's, I, I don't know, confused how Vera fits into this group. <laughs> I, I, um, it, you're right. And it, it, there's times where it almost feels like, uh, Chris doesn't know that her ex boyfriend Rick is going to be at this cabin. And so, I mean, so. <laughs> yeah. So it does feel like they're just trying to pair characters off. Um, 
and they never explain uh um chuck and chili like why they're there like they don't ever actually it's funny because the more i think about it, the more i'm like i don't think they ever actually engage the other characters they're just there it's weird like, it's none of it makes any sense other than just the the the, the van ride in they don't they don't mm. talk to each other they don't like interact it's weird so um i don't know i think vera vera's i i feel like vera would have a very good case for backing I, out of the trip as soon as she meets yeah, shelly yeah well like, given uh, that he's wearing this like weird uh, plastic mask and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> tried to scary, like but... fake kill somebody yeah but it also seems like her home life is not super fantastic <laughs> You know what? Her mom didn't want her to go, and it turns out her mom was fucking right. Ooh, she should not have point. gone that trip. So, <laughs> fair point. So, I'm, I'm guessing Vera goes to school with them, but lives in town, still at home with her mom, and they've kind of become friends with her, and so they are want her to come along. And it's but like Shelly's coming and be like, oh, like this. It's so weird that she's Shelly's date. <laughs> was that just a thing in like the '70s, early '80s? It's so confusing why it's not just like a group of friends. <laughs> um, I've been on trips where people have kind of done that and you you it's sort of an impaired or, or impaired. Uh sorry, I'm impaired because I've been drinking bourbon. Um uh it's sort of an implied okay, you guys can get together because half the other people who are going on this are already together I'm or they're gonna going get together. To and yeah. So it's sort of like uh this this is how it's gonna go. Um and uh, it's always kind of a weird thing, yeah. But yeah, but I, I think that's what they're trying to go for is is so shitty move by these girls to pair her with Shelly. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, he's a he's a monster. He's horrible. <laughs> and all of his excuses is I have to because nobody will pay attention to me. And it's like, well, being a piece of shit, Which like I don't am, have to do that. I am sympathetic to a little bit because I will say. If Shelly was the least bit handsome, all of this would potentially be charming that he does. <laughs> ah, at that, that age, <laughs> at the age of that, I bet they would. If they, if he was handsome, they'd all, they would all laugh. <laughs> like, oh, Shelly. Um, so you're telling me that ugly people get a bad rap? I am. I am. Attractive people have an have an easy way. It's uh, you're probably not wrong. I um. Uh, I, I, Shelly, you, you talked about this a little bit, but Shelly is one of those characters where I go back and forth between I can't stand him and I actually really enjoy him as a character because it's yeah. just so, he's so weird. Um, I, I, I like that he just keeps trying to pull horrible pranks on all of his friends. Yeah. Uh, and, and then when he actually gets murdered, uh, he gets his throat slit. No one, he, he, yeah. He, he manages to go about a hundred yards with his throat slit, which is pretty <laughs> impressive. If you think about it, like so, he he's got some endurance in him. But yeah, it, it's just he's he's like a worse version, like uh uh of um what's his name? I can't remember the character's name. Um, I think it's Stu in part in Friday Thirteenth Part Two, who's kind of the clown Joker yeah. guy. He's but, like a worse, like more two dimensional version of that, and so it's all the annoying traits and yeah, like yeah nothing, yeah, yeah, nothing redeem. I mean, you're right. You're really, right. What really kills Shelley for me is you, you start to have a little bit of sympathy for him. He's like talking to Vera, and then like, oh, like, I like you, and she's basically like, like kind of shuts him down. And when she walks off, walks away, 
Like when she's out of earshot, he goes, bitch. He's like, oh, Shelly, you just killed it. Like, yeah. He got friend zoned it and then he complained about it right away. I, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, the characters, yeah, they're not super, super dimensional here, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> they do have this weird backstory set up. And it's actually interesting because it, it, it may have changed the trajectory of, of Jason as a character, but there's an implied <laughs> oh sexual God, assault yeah. by Jason in this. And uh, I guess Dana Kimmel, who plays Chris, uh, didn't want to actually film or do what was, I think, supposed to be sort of a rape scene by Jason. Yeah. yeah um, which is super, one, it's just weird to think about and, in the first place. But I mean, good for her for not. Yeah. Thank you, Dana Kimmel, because she probably saved the franchise. Actually, yeah. A lot of that com- changes so much of the franchise was completely unnecessary. Would have been so weird. <laughs> Well, but it doesn't ever really pay off. It's weird. They leave all the threads in of it, but they never pay it off. And it's not funny, but what's funny to me about how they they do pay it off is like, she's like, yeah, there's this weird, creepy guy. Uh, I ran away from my parents' house. There's a weird, creepy guy. Uh, He attacked me in the woods. I passed out and I woke up in my bed and... (laughs) Well, I forgot about it for a year. It's like, okay, like <laughs> without the sexual assault, that flashback also kind of becomes meaningless. <laughs> it, exactly. Like there's no need for it cuz yeah. other than she somehow encountered Jason before, but but that, that point, doesn't matter. Like, so, it's interesting doing these part 3s because so this, we get a little bit in Halloween 2, obviously Halloween 3 goes a different direction, but then Halloween 4 they start to give into it and we're going to be doing nightmare on Elm street three. And they start to give into it where <laughs> there's a pull and I get it. I get it from writing these. There's a pull to start filling in the backstory. You just can't help yourself because <laughs> it's, what am I going to write about? What are we can't just do the same thing again. It's like, well, yeah, you can, you probably should do the same thing again. That's what people are like kind of coming for. But to add a little spice, add a little originality, they want to fill in these like backstory things. And I think that's the sexual assault rape part is is given would be giving way too much to Jason of it's way creepier and scarier when he's just a menacing figure with like you don't entirely understand his motivations or what he is or who he is. And once he like rapes somebody, it oddly humanizes him in a way where it's like that's not good. Not there's that's no not. It's just like this is terrifying and disgusting, and but is no longer fun. And it's weird to say, oh, people being murdered, <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> it but, is. Go ahead, just, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. It's like once. <laughs> Once you make Jason like a rapist, it's just a weird turn. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think I think to the actress's credit, she was smart to say no because it it just it would have humanized him too much. Yeah, and instead think, of being think, a super a sort of supernatural figure, or we, I think they do a great job in this one of making him feel real, but also yeah. having that kind of oh my god, he seems unstoppable. Um, you, you you get some Jason grunts in this, so you know he's you know he's real. You know he's. Uh, I actually I like that. I like that's something I I want to say about the series is I like humanoid Jason. I like when he becomes like yes. the undead Jason. Um, uh, 
part six part six is a fun movie but i don't like zombie jason where he like you don't really know the rules anymore and he he seems unkillable and unstoppable and he's kind of like a rotting corpse if you will like a, a character walking around i don't really enjoy that here i like i like having him be human because it feels like you there's some stakes like okay he he's not he's not unstoppable or unkillable uh but it, he's also there's something maybe supernatural, something maybe physically stronger about him, and so you, you you're getting more yeah. of him as a threat, and it feels a little, the stakes feel feel stronger. And so playing him in this one is a guy called Richard Rooker, and he might be my favorite Jason. Oh yeah. Of, um... <laughs> no, I, I like I like Richard Rooker too. I think he's I think he from uh, a physicality standpoint, he's probably the best Jason. I think that like that's what I want from my Jason. He because he's big, he's tall and big. It feels menacing and it feels and it. So when they're attacking him, he's obviously hurt, but can come back from it. It feels like he's human, but there's something wrong with him, and that's why he's kind of unstoppable. But it can you can go different directions with it, but it's still, um, it keeps it grounded in a way that makes it like scarier. To me, I recently watched um, Jason Goes to Hell. I did too. And that Jason, it's like fucking like Dave Bautista's playing him. He's yeah. huge. And it's like, that's no fun. That's too, that's too much. Like that's like that guy, like, like, oh, in his cabin in the woods, he has a solar flex and it's working out <laughs> eight times a day. Like, uh, he's, he's definitely doing some, some, uh, some leg presses. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, he's pretty strong. Pretty pumped up. Hit a new personal record on, on uh, uh, the squat today. What do you What do you think the uh, Jason his quads? <laughs> what do you think J- Jason can deadlift? Can four hundred? De- oh man! Ah, oh, that's that's a great question because if you had <laughs> you him actually lift, if you had him actually lifting weights, I think you'd be disappointed in what he could do. But if he had to like lift a car to go murder somebody, he a thousand percent could do it. So yeah. I think he could do like a thousand pounds if it's motivated to go murder somebody. <laughs> Only if it means killing somebody. That's that's his mo- that's his that's his sole focus. Yeah, that's it. That's all. That's it's, it's that's the key. I think. Um, you think Jason's a glamour muscles type of guy, and he's just working on like biceps and uh, chest. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he has a six pack, and that that's nah, it. Like like he's got Jason's... no legs. He's got no legs. No, Jason's got massive legs. He knows. He knows where that power comes from. He's doing quads every yeah. time he's in the gym. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's running through those woods all day. He, he knows. Yeah. Yeah. I bet he's doing a stair climber because I feel like um, he's going to need it to. He's, he's hiking uphill. He's chasing people. Sorry. Now, all right. Going back to this. I to your point. I do like in this. He is running. Like you get Jason mobile. You don't. You don't get him as like the lumbering yeah. slow teleport jason where he kind of beams around and all of a sudden he's just around a corner around a tree like i like that you kind of you kind of get a feel for where he's at what he's doing and how fast he can close the distance and, and that that gives that makes him to me more scary than uh just he's a zombie a that, yeah. that that appears and somebody just gets killed that's not fun so but yeah i i i i enjoy this jason i like uh that you get some grunts from him so you know he's still kind of human at the end <laughs> um uh when I think it's when Chris jabs him in the leg with the, the knife and then he he whips the knife back into the wall. But uh 
Yeah. So I think uh, we've, we've established Jason's workout routine. Uh, you know what? Actually, if, you're, if you're gonna pick up a dude and throw him through a window, that's a lot of quad strength. So well, let's talk about Jason doing a one-armed lat pull down where he pulls <laughs> his entire body out of the noose, <laughs> one armed, and then he pulls it, he holds it, holds it, and then yeah, that's, his mask. That's off. a hell of a workout. That's a serious back workout. So maybe he maybe he's not doing glamour muscles. Maybe he's doing real, real important core stuff where yeah. he's got, yeah. a, good, he's, got a good back, he's ripped. Because you got to think, if Jason's <laughs> clocking in at 200 pounds, oh, at least he's going to be doing pull downs of like 400 pounds minimum just to kind of build up that sort of endurance. Like, yeah, I mean, if he's and he, it doesn't look like it takes a lot of effort for him to no, pull again, himself he, up. He holds it, holds it just so he can make a point <laughs> and say, yep, I'm that ugly, ugly motherfucker that may or may not have sexually assaulted you in the woods <laughs> last year. It's It's so he's got some strength. It's the weirdest. <laughs> well, let's just go through. If we're saying this is Sunday the 15th, I mean, how many people has he murdered in like 48 hours? That's some endurance as well. He, he's He definitely killed the guy in the wheelchair and his girlfriend. That's <laughs> yeah. two. The two couples that were hooking up, a couple that was hooking up in bed. That's two more. So we're at four. One that goes then, skinny dipping. The one the girl that was skinny dipping. Okay, that's and the guy six. who's trying to get with her. Yeah. yeah. And then uh let's see, he killed he killed the dog. <laughs> I don't know if you want to count that as a person. And then let's see, who else what else did he do? He's he's easily got 20 people or animals he's killed in the last 24 hours. Also, oh, and keep then in the, mind while he's doing this, he took a machete to like the shoulder neck area. Yeah, so his left arm useless. It is so still it's yeah. still I mean that is that is like I I do he's enjoy in great that shape. He's in great shape that he could lose an entire lat and uh, peck, and probably he's low on blood. He's... Yeah, and he could still do all this workout and yeah. smile when he did it. He was smiling. <laughs> yeah, he's happy. I love it. He's happy. Hey. He's getting a pump in. He loves it. So hey, I when um... you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. <laughs> so what do you think his motivation is? You think it's just to get revenge? You think it's to defend his territory? What's going on, in that little Jason? I've race? always assumed it's territorial. Okay. Or, but <laughs> or that kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> so um, revenge against, like, in theory, like teenage counselors let him die. So, like, he's just gonna kill all teenagers. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. What I, what I desperately don't want is a movie to try to explain that. <laughs> um, I agree. Actually, we unfortunately, about... I don't think they ever do. <laughs> no, well, I think you know what? I, I I think two goes the furthest in trying to bridge that gap, but they really don't. Yeah, but that's like, more a campfire story, a little yeah. like pop psychology by a grad psychology student. I think um part four. Part four, they they don't give him a motivation, but they 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 give some backstory, and then part five, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, and then six, he's just pissed off because he got reanimated by lightning, and he just wants to kill people. <laughs> so, um, which is also kind of what part seven and part eight are. So you know, yeah, they, yeah. they, they I you know we talk about the, the the killer threes, right? I think where this really succeeds is. 
uh, they don't. They just disp- dispatch with trying to do any real serious backstory on Jason, or yeah. give him motivation, or explain his position. They just let's go. People are here for kills. They're here for some boobs, and that's about it. We're gonna give. We're gonna give you that. Uh, Halloween. I had this in my notes. It spins like three movies. After part three, it spends three <laughs> movies trying to really lean in on this cult of thorn bullshit. Oh my god! And, and yeah. the Celtic and the Celtic motivations of Michael Myers, <laughs> and they keep going and doubling down on it, and it's never it never works. It's it's just it's no. dumb. It's just dumb. And it ends with a a guy, the man in black, in part five, breaking into a police station, killing all the police, and then <laughs> for reasons unknown, breaking Michael Myers out of jail. It's just it's horrible. Dumb. Yeah. Which so, is why it's so interesting to do the threes. Maybe next maybe next year we'll do like fours or something. That's not a bad idea, actually. Uh, just it's so the different paths like things can take. And this is still in the vein of like we're making money, just keep churning, keep churning that yeah. out. And it's like that's that was obviously the better choice. Like, it really it really was. Like it's more entertaining. Like I I, I don't particularly like I'll watch them. I enjoy, I I I enjoy them to an extent, but like Halloween four, five, six are just not that good. And it, and it kind of missed the, the trajectory yeah, of all I the slashers. I, I enjoy, um, the young girl and the uh, Daniel uh, Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Four, yeah. four, four is the best. She's pretty of good. And then some, yeah. I, I like uh, Paul Rudd in uh part six. Cause it's just <laughs> it, it, funny to me that like, okay. Now year, that makes it like, yeah. Watching it now. I was like, Holy shit, Paul Rudd. Like, <laughs> It's like he was doing he was doing that and like maybe clueless in the same year and it's just like seems really crazy. I think so, yeah. Yeah, then, yeah. So um <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> Friday 13th part three. Um we talked about you know our the characters a little bit. Um we do get introduced when Vera and uh Shelly go to buy groceries to this uh motorcycle gang of three. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a guy named Loco, it's a lady named um uh, Fox and a guy named uh Ali and uh Shelly and Vera get to their breaking point and accidentally run over their motorcycles and um no oh did he accidentally or is that what Shelly does he accidentally does it the first time and then he and it is on purpose the second to, time okay. after the uh <laughs> Ali punches out the window so which brings me to a question uh it's Rick's car they borrowed to go do this and which gets destroyed um I would argue Rick is an asshole in this because all he's trying to do so, is get laid. We need like two hours to talk about Rick. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Although honestly, we probably need like five minutes. <laughs> but do you want to talk about his sweater over the shoulders look? Oh, he's got some nice sweaters. His sweater nice game sweaters. is on point. He's got some Fred, weird shoulders. He's got no neck. <laughs> it's weird. Like he's got like a weird build. Like I can't figure out his. Like, he's all shoulders. He looks like James Con. Like I don't. I don't get it. Like, they just male body types in their early eighties. I don't know. Yeah, like he looks like a like a triangle, like like uh like, but in a weird way. Like, it's it's in concept, it's the build you would want. But when you see it on him, you're like, yeah, that's that's a weird. Like, there's something. Like maybe he's going for like a Quasimodo type build at some point. But so Rick is. It seems like Rick and Chris have previously had a little romance. Oh yeah, do you agree? Did. That's kind of what they're telling us here. And so Rick's excited. Chris is coming back because he's kind of assuming like, oh, we're gonna rekindle some things and like 
I would basically, argue that Rick, been... basically Rick thinks he's getting laid within like 30 seconds of them seeing yeah. each other. <laughs> and uh, tries to within 30 seconds of seeing her. Yeah. And, <laughs> and is very disappointed and communicates that pretty clearly. <laughs> like, yeah. That he is disappointed. <laughs> They're not doing it constantly. Um, so he really comes across as like a douchebag, which also... <laughs> So I had, I had a whole thing with like the men in this movie, particularly like Shelly and Rick, who are super needy, but in like different <laughs> ways. That's like, were men just awful? Like, and, I mean, probably continue to be so, but like, just seem awful in like very specific ways. Of if I'm not getting attention from women, I am gonna have a fit, and there are gonna be problems. And everybody's gonna hear about it. Like, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna piss and moan all over everybody about it. Yeah. I um, they are pretty horrible. Like the two of them are pretty horrible. Um, Rick's just super horny. Like to your point, it yeah. feels like as soon as he sees that van get there, it's just like he's sporting wood and he's ready to go. Like, <laughs> and I, I laugh because it, it, he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna have to spend three hours a day satisfying ourselves." And I'm like, "Nobody's nobody's having sex for three hours. Like that's just not like." 45 minutes into that at best you're like all right i'm i'm done <laughs> like yeah maybe i'm giving too much insight into myself here but uh like i just feel like that's an inordinate amount of sex in in a, in a single go yeah and it's very always attracts me up with rich or not rick, rick it he just flat out tells her i could have had a weekend with mary joe conrad i could have fucked mary joe jo- conrad it's just like like, is that ever works? Quite the, like, uh, saying that quite the line you think it is, Rick. Like, yeah, it's it's like, look, I was really gonna go out with this 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 lady with a horrible reputation, but uh, I chose to really preserve myself just for you, yeah. and so I thought you'd fuck me, so I <laughs> yes. decided to come see you. I uh, would you say Rick gets everything he deserves in this when his his head gets <laughs> uh, crushed by yeah. Jason at the end? Fair, fair, but look, the what so. Oh no! Go go! No no no! You got it. You got it. I was gonna talk more about Jason Fitness because you gotta think like crushing a skull with your bare hands. Yeah. I'm trying to think like what exercise is that? Is that forearms? Is, it, is that like doing some stress balls or like what do you? I was like... gonna say farmers carries. He's probably doing some like really heavy farmers carries and really getting those forearms toned. Fair. And then uh, Fair. um, that or Rick just has a real soft skull. Like I'm not sure. Maybe well, maybe I Rick could has see that being true. He has some osteoporosis <laughs> going on in his head. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Rick is kind of a douchebag, pretty much the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. From from minute one, you, and you a meet bit him. of that is probably twenty twenty three perspective. But I think it's all. He's a handsome guy who kind of knows he's handsome, so he basically thinks like, "Oh, I can get away with acting like a dick because there'll still be women who want to sleep with me because they're used to being treated poorly." <laughs> I I enjoy his disparagement of all of Chris's friends. Like, <laughs> yeah. like when his car gets oh. destroyed, I do kind of, I don't fault him for that. But he's like, Oh, you're fucking friends. Oh, it's so, like- right. That is the funniest part to me. Rick is acting like an entitled douchebag and yeah. the movie never calls him out on it. No consequences. Nope. No question. So they take borrow his car, bring it back completely fucked up. Windshield shattered. <laughs> like, just don't apologize. Up, like, Never no one apologizes. apologizes. Everyone just like Rick, be cool about it, dude. What's your yeah. deal? 
car's fucking trashed. And he's like, he's like pissed off and looking around like, no one's with me on this. Like, yeah, no, no. And the movie treats it like, yeah, Rick, why are you being yeah, such an upset asshole? <laughs> like, so like, the one thing he should, le- he has legitimate grievance with, <laughs> the movie treats him like a, so, like an unreasonable asshole. No, I, 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 he just, and he sulks. He's just sulking. He's like, you're friends. Oh, it's just like, what a bitch. Which, you know, yes, it also feels like he's like, Seven, eight years older than ever than At all least. the well, except yeah. for Chuck. <laughs> oh no, Chuck's is Chuck's probably his high school teacher. He's older than uh, yeah, he's <laughs> older than Rick. But yeah, but it always cracks me up because I I don't know throughout life like you encounter scenarios where I remember being like I don't know, like 20, 21, 22, 23 kind of thing. You might have a friend who's like dating someone like a decent bit older. It uh, always yes. be like really awkward because. It's like, yeah, you're just not on like the same wavelength as well. Oh, we're doing. no. I, I, I went and on I, a uh, a blind, not blind date, but I went on, I met somebody at a New Year's party before I was, obviously, before I was married. And she was probably like five or six years older than me. And we were both definitely like pretty hammered when we met at the end. And, and, and like we went and we weren't with, we were at like a hotel for New Year's Eve. And so it was like not. We weren't there through mutual friends. It wasn't like we were there okay. like, together for no, the whole night. Yeah, so we, yeah. And so we, when we were drunk, we like exchanged numbers. We I think we made out for a little bit at this party. And then um, we went on a date. And on the date, it was just like, oh, I'm way too immature to be with you. Like, I yeah. I, I do not know how to actually. I'm like 24 or 23. I'm like, I do not know it's how like, to. Like, oh, you are a woman. Yeah. Like, like you're an yeah. adult. And I'm, I am still a child who does not know how to take somebody on a proper date yet. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It's very obvious that yeah. I am an idiot and I f- I'm fucking this up. Yeah. So, uh, shockingly, it, did not go on a second date. So. It's it, so but and Rick's like bitching about her friend. It's like, yeah, Rick, that's why you don't date people who are eight years younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> like newsflash. Yeah, I uh, going to be a different level of maturity there. Yeah, Rick. In some ways, Rick kind of gets what he deserves in this, and in other ways, I'm like, yeah, I, I feel a little a little bad for him. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. He doesn't deserve to have his skull crushed, like crushed in. No. But he woods maniac. But he's he's kind of a d bag. Uh. The whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh. So yeah, we haven't really even talked about the entire cast yet. So <laughs> we're almost an hour and a half into this. Okay. Um, so, uh, one more thing, though, maybe in the defense of Rick, has he been treating he and Chris like? He thinks he and Chris are like a serious. Well, no, because he's yeah. talking about Mary Joe Conrad. So no, I, I, no, he, never mind. Yeah, he, he acts like it's some super serious thing. Yeah. But, uh, no, Chris so is... I was gonna say like if they've not seen each other in like six months, and they're an exclusive item, like well, I, I, yeah, I, I can notice... kind of be him being like, hey, like, uh, like be a little more excited to see me. What is like, their relationship? Because it, right, was it but like he's a... talking about like, oh, I could have been banging this other chick, but I. For this weekend, I chose to be with you. So yeah, he's not like yeah. I don't know. It's weird because they treat it like they had some huge romance at some point. Yeah, but it's a little. It's clear yeah. that she yeah. was still like living with her parents and stuff, and it's like I don't, I don't know what their, I don't know what that relationship is. It doesn't feel like they're Facebook official. That's what it. That's what it feels like, right? Uh, to me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, I. Yeah. Anyway, because like, if you're like officially dating, 
you're like real serious girlfriend and boyfriend. Like, I, there's no way he's like, oh, I could have gone off this weekend with this other girl. <laughs> like, it'd be like, no, you yeah, couldn't no, have. You, that you, wasn't you're, on you're, the table. You're, you're getting dumped if that's what you were actually doing right. with your time. It's like, yeah. You're, you're, you're done, dude. Game yeah. over. Um, well, then, and then, so we've talked about that that couple. And then, I don't know if we want to talk about that much more, but uh, Andy and um, Debbie, <laughs> uh, who she is pregnant and lets everybody know that yeah, multiple wild. times throughout this but and andy's see, taking advantage of that because you know you can't get more pregnant <laughs> <laughs> i i guess well I, I guess yeah they hook up in the hammock but it is such a strange um well all of this is so strange like all of this is just it's, like it's an insane throwaway line in the movie <laughs> that she's pregnant yeah and i just i just to what end does that need to be the case? Like, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like it, it's just such a weird. Yeah. It, there's throwaway. Th- it's throwaway. That's it. It's just a throwaway thing. It doesn't, it never no pays need. off in any way. They don't do anything with it. It never comes up again. Nope. So do you think Andy's a father? No, the way they read, they read it. It's just like, it, yeah, it, no, doesn't like, yeah, it feels like, but then it feels weird to, she casually says it. <laughs> so like it seems he knows. He knows. So then it's also kind of weird, though. Because it feels like they've been together for a while. Like how he is. Because either he's planning on, like, I'm going to be here like for you. I'm raising you. this child. Yeah. Or he's like planning on, well, I'm abandoning you when you have this child. <laughs> like... Like once you have a kid, I'm out. Um, um I don't know. I don't, like, I'm not sure how to read it. They seem happy together. That's why you you, you kind of I, they, yeah I, I mean, feel they, bad. They seem like, in love. Like they they seem like a couple that's happy together and good. And it's not yeah. a uh, it's not as as sort of forlorn and problematic as Chris and, and actually <laughs> their relationship is probably one of the deeper. Most normal relationships. Well, well, they have like moments where they're talking and they they interact with each other. And this is probably a credit to the actors and performances. They interact with each other in a way like people have been dating for some time interact where they just have a comfort with each other and a confidence of like, I'm not nervous. There's a familiarity there that that feels legitimate and normal. Yeah, they're they're willing to be vulnerable to each other um, and aren't concerned like have a trust and so like yeah so I, I i do enjoy them in their relationship but the fact that she's pregnant makes it so confusing and, and the, he, for, he forgets what's he happening he forgets so it's like you you think that would be if i'm 22 or i'm 19 or however old they are in this and i got somebody fucking pregnant that would be at the forefront of my mind constantly yep always <laughs> every single day like that would consume all of my thoughts or if I was dating somebody who was pregnant and it wasn't mine, I would be constantly like, yeah, it's just, yeah. It, it's just, it, it's funny the way they play it um, uh, all the way through. It, and, and, and it's like, uh, I wish I watched Crystal Lake Memories, which is the documentary about the entire series. And nobody ever answers like the why of why this was like even added or important or, you know, yeah. relevant sorry i'm trying to open a beer with my my wedding band and uh 
probably got there. Yeah, I'm, I'm never brave enough to do that. <laughs> uh, my ring's titanium, so thankfully it's uh, it's held up pretty well. But uh, I do feel like there's a decent, better chance than not that I'll just break my finger one day. <laughs> I will. Have to, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I'm gonna, like, gonna have to cut my it. finger horribly, or like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, I, I would say they've got the craziest kills in this in this movie, and that's why we. I, I, that's what we should yeah, talk about. Yeah, pretty is, good ones. Is uh. You know, most of this is predicated around Jason just stalking these basically twenty-year-olds or teenagers at the at the at Higgins Haven, which I would say <laughs> is a shitty place to take your friends. It seems like this house has one bed, maybe. I think we both had of a. If I show up somewhere, if you invite me somewhere, and I show up, and you've not informed me there are no beds, there are only hammocks in the house. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be pretty pissed off at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not That's, gonna be happy. That is something to let people know about, <laughs> especially in your 40s. Now I'm like, I like, I can't do that. I can't sleep in something that's oh, that I, unsupported. <laughs> I might legitimately just leave. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Um, I did this to my cousin on a, my younger cousin on a bachelor party uh, earlier this year, and and. Not in a bad way, but it was like uh, he, he I think he's he's probably he's like 27. And so he's still pretty young and or he's 28. And uh, I he was like, yeah, we can just split a room like four ways. And I'm like, I, no, I'm not doing it. I'm almost 40. Yeah. Like, I just I'm yeah. I'm not. And I'm like, I'll pay more money. And if you want to join me, that's fine. I'll, I'll get one with two beds. And I'm like, I'm just too old. I can't split. I got to sleep like I got to. <laughs> yeah. It's too important to me. Now. Well, it's got, also like I if a... I sleep, if I have to like sleep in a weird position and sleep weird, and it does something to like my back or neck, that's it's, like that's days, a minimum. It's minimum of a week, yeah. potentially months. I'm dealing <laughs> with like what has occurred here. Like it's not, yeah, it's not not possible. No, and I, I just um, I've gotten to an age where I'm like, I'll spend the extra money to give myself yeah. was literally just a few hours of extra comfort because it will yeah. go that much further for me in terms of, of how well, I'll feel. And for it's a also days. like, I need to sleep well. <laughs> Cause I, I can't, like I can't run on like five and a half hours of sleep and no. be out like drinking and doing shit. <laughs> no. And I, I, I remember I did that the last night he and I were in Atlanta and uh, I stayed up talking to him for, until like three or four in the morning and i had a flight at like 9 30 the next oh morning my God. like like ah oh, this fucking sucks like yeah. i'm horrible and i fly home and i have to help take care of kids i'm like no i can't do this this is not good so yeah i i think if you show up and, and there's you just got hammocks you're a shitty friend like i don't care if it's a free <laughs> free vacation weekend like you're a shitty friend yeah so do you think that was so do you think like Chris's dad drove up and took the beds out and was like, "Your fr- you can use it, but your friends aren't fucking on my bed and messing things up in the cabin. I'll put the hammocks up. I think if uh, I think if anything, I've learned in this that Chris's dad is the reason why all this horrible shit happens, because <laughs> he's the reason he, he he slapped her, I think, or something. And, yeah, something. And, and then she ran to the, was her, her mom? mom. Yeah, I think her parents are horrible because. She runs into the woods because she gets in a fight with her parents. That's right. Because her and mom, Jason attacks like, her. Yeah, yeah. And then they go to her parents' shitty ass vacation house and uh, there's no bed. So I'm like, I think the Higgins are that, their parents' family. Their parents' vacation cabin house. It's on Crystal Lake where all these yeah. murders have occurred. 
Well, it's a it's a Crystal Lake inlet as we're as we see several and, times. In this. Yeah. It's maximum but, three feet of water in terms of depth. Like. But on the other hand, apparently, is so large it has multiple campgrounds, multiple like vacation cabin home areas, like, and um, excuse me, it's got some uh, lovely general stores that are owned by a detestable family. <laughs> Oh man. So yeah, no, it's it's good old Harold. I think this is all uh uh Chris's Chris's dad's fault. Like it's all his fault that this all this has happened. Yeah, yeah. So I one thing I like in this, um the movie does really well. There so I when um uh Andy, it's Andy and Debbie. Debbie, De- oh, sorry. so Debbie, so they uh, hook up in the hammock. So the nudity, it's all really well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's gonna go take a shower. Um, and Andy is going to like get like a couple like beers or something. And the movie has a couple others, but while she's in the shower, there's a lot of moments of like she's gonna pull the shower curtain back or like open a bathroom mirror or something where you think like Jason's gonna be behind her, and he's not. But it, it's like a pretty effective setup, and they they don't abuse it, but they build it nicely. So then Jason does finally show up, um, and, and poor Andy, it's a rough way to go for him. Uh, he's come up, uh, he's walking on his hands, like doing a handstand and walking, and encounters Jason, and Jason goes right down the legs with the machete. <laughs> well, that's what a I enjoy that's a tough way to go is uh, I think that's probably my. Probably my favorite kill in this, uh, uh, just because it's they 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 shoot it in a really interesting way where it's shot through like a clear floor looking up, so it's not it's not technically like a three D effect, but you get you kind of get this yeah you, Jason in cool the blood shot. cutting straight through, and uh, you're like oh okay it's it's really interesting uh, in the way they they present it, but I I laugh that like, Andy lets out this gut wrenching scream she's like <laughs> and, and Chris or uh, Debbie's just like, what? Yeah, I don't want a beard. I'm good. All right. Like, <laughs> like didn't, didn't, didn't phase her like in the least. It's yeah. bizarre. <laughs> Absolutely bizarre. But I do like, these are probably the two characters who feel the most real. Yeah. And so this, I think, is why I think these kills are probably the most effective. Because uh, they do some nice misdirection where you think you're going to get a scare or a jump scare and you don't. And Jason comes. But it really pays off later on. They do it with Chuck because when he dies, he goes in the basement to fix like the fuse box and he does it and turns the lights on and Jason's behind him. And because yeah. you've had those moments where you thought you were going to get that, you kind of are like, oh, they're going to do this like misdirect again. And then Jason's there and he looks like scary and terrifying. Um, I, yeah, that, that's where to me the physicality of Richard Brooker really pays off is because yeah, he, he just has this very whole menacing. Like, this guy is screwed. <laughs> yeah, um, I I gotta give props to Jason for the fact that he kills Andy, cuts him in half, uh, and then really without spilling a drop of blood, not unlike Exorcist Three, he manages <laughs> to put Andy up into the the rafters yeah. and uh, um have him suspended above without a drop that's, of blood that's the deleted scenes i wanted to see after he kills andy Jason he mopping to, like, up mopping up all that blood and stuff like yeah 
drying it so no one notices and this might be the peak of jason doing the uh the decoration with bodies the michael myers interior decorating yeah i guess oh yeah you're right who did it better who 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 positions bodies better myers or or Voorhees? um i think myers is more aesthetically pleasing but i think Voorhees is scarier it's fair i would say that um Myers is more of a mid-century inspiration, and you probably have more of a rustic feel with uh, Voorhees. Bit of a bit of a Victorian feel. <laughs> yeah, he's more of an old school. Yeah, I think that's probably a good way to describe it. So, um, I think we're really doing a good job fleshing out all of uh, Jason's traits in this. We, we, we got his workout routine down. But this is the advantage of not going into the backstory. <laughs> Yeah, you can talk about all the fun shit. You you can, as an audience, you can bring your, all your own stuff into it. And it makes it way more fun than, okay, so it's a Celtic mythical figure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, yeah. And then Jason, or uh, Michael impregnating his, his, his niece is like, uh, yeah. Plop. Oh, it's awful. Awful, or awful, awful. Freddy's awful. mom was raped by a hundred oh, insane people. We're going to talk about a, it. This is a fun plot point. <laughs> or Craig Watson. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to talk about uh, Craig Watson. Craig Watson and the Heather Lincoln camp uh, uh, date. What's in crazy to me. <laughs> At some point, if we keep this podcast going, we're talking about Craig Watson twice. <laughs> oh, we're going to do body double. I assume so. I assume at some point. <laughs> I, I want to. I want to do I, all I can think about. I just there's days where I'll just think about that whole scene uh, and, and where he he just decides he's going to become an investigator in the porn industry. And in the course of three days, just becomes a porn star. <laughs> and there's a Frankie goes to Hollywood music video um, starring Craig Watts <laughs> as a if porn I, star. If I had a nickel for every time that's happened to me, <laughs> you'd have. 18 nickels <laughs> um uh no i i do i i would i would watch body double again i was I, i'm gonna talk about it again on the next episode but i just really enjoy where he he comes in uh and checks his he finds out his girlfriend's cheating on him in the very beginning and he just sort of like right. has like a charlie brown moment he's just like oh man <laughs> not again <laughs> just kind of walk like slow walks away it's the weirdest 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 movie but yeah um anyway so all right we all right what is your favorite 3d effect in this no oh, man probably the spear gun spear gun okay that was pretty good i was actually gonna be probably that to me is like a dead heat with uh the the eyeball like the eyeball Although, pop, even though you can really eyeball, see how eyeball, fake it is. yeah i would say or the funniest to me is the yo-yo <laughs> oh yeah yeah definitely out of ideas I'd say that and the wallet throw were probably like the most like <laughs> okay we got we got to go for something we're we're just yeah. we're desperate for for something that's gonna look interesting and three dimensional for a few minutes here, which is funny that when you think about how much it probably how much time it took him to like set those shots up I'm like I can't imagine right. it's this crazy <laughs> how much they spent on on just that yo yo shot. Oh, it's impressive. So, what is your favorite kill on this? Because. This is where it starts really getting inventive, I think. For yeah, they do have a decent variety. Um, maybe Andy, maybe, maybe it's the same oh, as the Rick 3D. getting 
Rick getting his head crushed, even though the effect gets a, a little, you know, not 100% there, uh, which is the guy getting his head crushed. So, you know, I don't expect it, but um, I enjoy that death because that one feels a little unexpected because Rick yeah. does jump in at least a redeeming moment for him to try to, like, you know, help Chris <laughs> protect her. And he just gets dispatched so quickly. I, yeah, I and wish we, I wish we gotten more of that, like a fight. But I guess that that's the intent is to show you uh, how vulnerable they are. What about you? You have a favorite? Um, Ali at the end. Uh, it, it is brutal mm. because so Jason knocks. Oh, we haven't even talked about the biking that much, but Jason hey, I know. kills yeah, two of the really bike the biking ball. members, and then early, uh, <laughs> early, and then Ali gets weirdly just gets clubbed and then knocked out and then <laughs> uh reappears at the end of it and he busts out just in time to save chris from jason while they're in the barn fighting and like ali gets like one good i think hit in on jason and then jason just spins and like, cuts his fucking arm off you're just like oh yeah, yeah. shit <laughs> and it's it looks real like the way they shoot yeah it's pretty good (laughs) and then he's then he's down and then jason just keeps like going to town on just like hacking at him hacking at him hacking at him and it's just like (laughs) damn i was like it is it is brutal yeah that's a solid ali ali is probably the to me like the most like holy shit like okay this is like a a different level because you've kind of forgotten him about him at that point too so he comes back but then just gets killed so quick Uh, yeah it's kind of fun of (laughs) it's definitely well so apparently um this had an alternate ending at one point where Jason wins and I can't remember if it was supposed to be the dream sequence, but in the barn, um, Chris supposedly gets her head cut off by Jason and it was shot, Jesus. but then they cut it. So I'm, I'm thinking it must've been the dream sequence. And uh, uh, yeah, I think Ali was kind of plugged in there to sort of make sense of how Chris could actually defeat Jason. Cause as I remember correctly, he, he, um, yeah, he kills Ali, and then Chris, I can't remember how this worked, but she spins and she puts the machete into Jason's head, right? And that's the, that's what kills him. Like that, or that's what like defeats him for the end of this. And they do a 3D effects, which is pretty cool, where it's Jason with the machete in his head, or the axe in his head. Sorry, axe is in his head. And he's reaching out for her, trying to, trying to get her again. That sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> that all checks out. Yeah. Um, uh, so, <laughs> oh, um, no. So this is the one where it gets super windy. Yes, it looks like a fucking hurricane is is going yeah. on outside of the cabin, <laughs> which is always always cracks me up because it is insane in like a slapstick silent movie kind of way <laughs> of like Chris is running around trying to like close shutters and like keep blowing open and stuff because the wind is just like <laughs> like a 50 mile an hour like monsoon has suddenly hit Crystal Lake. I love it. I love I'm here for it. I love it because they do the same thing in part four, but it's rain. It's just like this crazy right. Yeah, they're gonna be, rain. Um, new element to add. And then part six does rain and then part or i'm sorry part five does like crazy rain again and then part six is like crazy wind again like right back to it so (laughs) i don't know i i i enjoy it It, it's this weird silly your point it's this silly effect in this but i love it i'm here for it 
I, I'm all yeah. about everything they're bringing in this. It's movie. like a I whole love... new. It's like a new character has entered, and it's the wind. Yeah, and I, maybe it's maybe it's the ghost of Pamela Voorhees. Yeah, and she's, yeah. And she's there to uh, she's there to support Jason as he dispatches teenagers. <laughs> so uh, when Chris is trying to flee from Jason, she gets in their uh, van, but the uh, bikers have siphoned all the gas out of it as they revenge on them. As we, so as you would do. Runs, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she quickly runs out of gas, and then the van has a reserve switch. For a reserve tank, I guess. I You're think... much more of a car person than I am. Is that is that has that ever been a thing? <laughs> yeah. Um. The closest I can think of is uh the Cannonball Run that they did in the 70s. It, it was a movie, but it was based on the Cannonball, uh, Sea to Shining Sea run, where it was like New York to, uh, L.A. as fast as you can go. And I think the guy, one of the guys who founded it, um, Brock Yates, who's a journalist, the first year they did it or second year they did it, they did it in a conversion van. But in the conversion van, they put like a huge reserve fuel tank to make sure that they could basically minimize refueling as much as possible. And so they actually did that where they had switches on the dash where they would they would basically, you know, have like a 40 gallon tank in the back. And the regular gas tank, and when they needed to, and they were trying to get low on the on the regular tank, they would flip over and start feeding fuel into the um, or pumping fuel into the the tank, or from the all the reserve tank into this. So it's not crazy because this is kind of the same van that uh that, that thing, uh, what's her name, Chris has. But yeah, like I feel like I have way too much of an intimate knowledge of like seventies conversion van fueling systems <laughs> for, compared to the regular. They're like a normal audience going to see this. But I don't know, maybe like a normal, like an audience in like 82, like would all been aware, like, oh, yeah, like a van would have that. This is back when having a van was actually cool, though. Like, it just seems strange. To it was be, like a thing of a, yeah. like a teenage girl. And it's like, what you got? Oh, I got a fucking conversion van. It's like, oh, great. Let's go. Like, yeah. Well, I think that's coming back in style. I think uh, I like van, van, life's, that cool. like van a, life's back. Yeah. Yeah. But like. It's not like something a plumber would also go by. Well, I guess maybe it is. Like a Mercedes Sprinter van is like the modern. Is that what Chris would have in 2023? Is she'd have a Sprinter <laughs> van that, that she goes and does Instagram uh, reels with? Yeah. <laughs> and and that's that's the same equivalent of I, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I got I, I, you know what I'm I'm wrong. You you were right. And she's a and, she's a hammock influencer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's what uh, Chris's dad's business is, is he sells hammocks online. <laughs> hammocks. <And that's>, yeah. <laughs> I definitely remember going to Key West and there was an entire store that was focused on hammocks. And I just kept thinking, like, how is this a sustainable business? Like, how are you <laughs> yeah. affording rent on the most expensive street in, in Key West? Selling yeah, hammocks? that seems because it seems those should not be very expensive. <laughs> Not very expensive, and you're not going to sell, like, a high volume of them. Right. Like, so it doesn't seem like a realistic thing to have a store based on. Like, you think there's, like, a hammock season? Like, like like March to June is hammock season, <laughs> and they just make a killing, and then the rest of the year they're coasting? That's what I think. I'm trying to think of how many hammocks I have even seen in my life. <laughs> um, In Florida, they're pretty 
popular, but I'm also thinking now, like, I don't have any friends who have hammocks in their backyard. <laughs> so yeah, like, I think in my life, I've known two people who have had hammocks. And then it's all like resort kind of things. Yeah, it's yeah. So a hammock store does not seem feasible. <laughs> no, and I, I yeah. So um, although I mean, I guess that's how that's like you got to have like the physical footprint. So like the Hilton knows where to go buy their hammocks when they're ordering twenty thousand. It's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, that's I how, do some research into how the hammock market works. <laughs> maybe that's how Chris's dad could afford Higgins Haven. Is he uh, all that yeah. hammock money? <laughs> uh, hammock money. That's sweet, sweet hammock money from Hilton that he's making. I, uh, Chris, I, I Chris's hope so. heir to the largest hammock fortune in North America. You and I have put more energy into the backstory of this and the characters than the makers of this film ever <laughs> began to even try to do. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, but no, I, I, uh, I, yeah, I, so we started on this from reserve tanks. I, I, I totally lost <laughs> yeah, yeah. the train of thought on this. But, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, we talked about a little bit earlier. I, Chris is only an interesting character really for like the last 15 minutes of this movie. She seems kind of like meandering and, and, like they don't really build her up to have a lot of confidence or self worth up until really when she's just right. up against a wall and Jason's Rick's chasing. just kind of harassing her. Like she's first is like one of the gang, then Rick's kind of harassing her. Then she's like telling this like crazy weird like backstory thing, and then you finally get to where uh, Jason's chasing her, and she's like pretty inventive and tough, and is yeah. Um, does some damage to Jason as well. Uh, yeah, she 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 cuts his leg. Uh, and again, uh, hey, I'm gonna go back again. Sorry, Chris's dad, piece of shit. That bridge, <laughs> if it hadn't failed, Chris would have uh, driven away. It just been totally fine. No yeah. issues, none. And uh, so I I go back to Higgins Haven. It's a fucking death trap. Not because of Jason, but because it is poorly constructed, <laughs> not maintained. Death by hammock. <laughs> Death by hammock, death by uh, trip and fall on that bridge. Um, yeah, now lots, lots, lots yeah. of bad stuffs happening at Higgins Haven. But uh, yeah, I, I wish you get oh. if you if you accidentally fall into the uh, circuit breaker, you get electrocuted to death. Yeah, that that makes me laugh because it's this really small circuit breaker box. Like it's it's tiny. It's like a eight by ten, yeah. like circuit breaker <laughs> box. And then when Jason throws Chuck into it. The actor who's playing Chuck just like throws his hand up to like purposely try and grab onto it just to like, <laughs> tell the audience like why like, why this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh come on, buddy. Like you're doing a lot of work for this for the producers on this one. I don't know if you have to do all that. So <laughs> um, but I do like the reveal of Jason in the basement with uh with Chuck. I I think with the, the light over his head, it's just this looming kind of Yeah, that's one of my favorite figure. shots of the movie. That's really but yeah, Chris Chris gets to be a much more interesting character uh, at the very end of the movie. Um, yeah, she's shockingly capable for what we've seen <laughs> from her. How they, like, how, so they, how they present her, yeah, so yeah. far. Is, she seems very... And it's funny is she talks to, the, to Rick and she talks to Debbie about this whole assault by Jason yeah. a year ago. Nobody's phased by it. Nobody's like, yeah, that's weird. You should 
file a police report. Also, no sh- one's like, wow, it's weird we came back here then. Yeah, like <laughs> so you mean you think there's this this mask uh maskless uh hill, deformed hillbilly that's also out in I'm the woods. Call, I'm calling bullshit on her story. She says at the end, oh I woke up in my bed. Bullshit, you woke up in your hammock. There's no beds in this too. goddamn house. <laughs> that's probably true too. It's the uh the uh do you think that R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett was uh, Chris's dad? <laughs> Maybe. It's not impossible. Mm. Mm. A young Jimmy Buffett? Young Jimmy Buffett. He's got this house, but now he's off like touring, recording records. Like This is his like third vacation home that he doesn't really pay attention oh. to anymore. Oh. So it's getting kind of run down. At least I, I had a buddy who um, yeah. is a pilot and he used to fly uh, Buffett's wife around on their private, <laughs> yeah. their private plane. So said they're nice people, though. So that's good. R.I.P. Right. Buffett. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. So. Um, so I, I, I uh, what do you think about Jason's look? Because I will say as a kid there was always this thing of like, oh, you never see Jason's face. Like, it's always this, oh, this when they show it. Yeah. It's but, like, insane it's how much movie. you see it's his face in it. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, oh. it's weird and unnecessary. And like, especially when he like takes the time to reveal it to Chris <laughs> at the end. <laughs> and he's like, hang on, let me stop everything. It's me again. Yep, and then down. He puts it back down. And it's like, what? Why? <laughs> like, Because... Um, He's an artist. Yeah. Wants credit for his work. Yeah. Uh, I think he's it's gonna, com- yeah. He's going to decorate that house. It's totally unnecessary, but I also. It's hard in like 2023 because when they're making this in like 82. Like people are going to the movie theater to see it. And at that time, like if you're ever going to see it on TV, it's going to be like a weird, shitty little TV where like things aren't going to be clear. It's so, like. <laughs> There, like, it's not like now where like you can pause stuff or you're on like a big HD TV where like you really see it well. Um, anytime you watch it, it's like, oh, like people are in the theater seeing this just this time, and like all the memory they're gonna have of Jason's face is this like half second reveal. Um, it's uh, yeah, like oh, like I kind of can get it at the time they made it why they would do it that way but now it feels like way too much whereas like if they made it now it would be these like really brief brief quick cuts more in shadow where like you get more and this like flat out shows it but i think they were going for the the shock value. reveal than what we interpret it now as but i don't know I like Halloween's approach where in Halloween one, you get Myers face as an adult for like a half second uh, where, where the mask yeah. is off. And, and that's kind of the extent really for that entire series that you get. Even when um, the they do the Blumhouse timeline, uh, the, the newer ones, you don't really spend a lot of time with Michael with his mask off. You get it maybe in profile and you don't get. Yeah, you get some, but. Yeah, here, this, they do all the makeup and just figures. They really are expecting you to take away something from that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Especially after yeah. uh, at the end of Kills, because at the end of Halloween Kills, he's he's kind of burned up and um, 
Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, and these, like all of them, they're like, okay, I'm getting a lot of time. Like Jason, you could take yeah, Jason's picture and shocking. use it for his, his fucking driver's license. There's so much you, lighting on his face. Because you really think of him as never seeing his face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we we flat out, like, we we a thousand percent see it. It's weird. As a kid, I was thinking, like, oh, yeah, you never see what his face is. You ne- it's never, that's like it's a never creepy, present. Like, the entire ending of part four, you see it. The entire ending of this, you see it. Uh, in part six, you get it at the beginning. It's it's wild how much you get to see of uh, Jason's yeah weird ass face. I, and I actually I I like it here. Um, it's interesting that Stan Winston was going to do the special effects for for the Jason makeup, and um, uh, they cut the scenes with it and ended up using something else instead. I, I don't think it was Tom Savini, but they used something else instead. And uh, Stan Winston, who's a master of special effects, uh, was the guy whose stuff they don't use in this ultimately, which is which is crazy to think about. Um, yeah, and he kind of had yeah, like a you have him like it's, it's like you should probably use wild Stan Stan Winston like if even even if even if you don't like what what he's doing, you it's still probably gonna be better than what most everybody else is gonna do. So um, yeah, no, I I. Uh, I, I I love Jason in this. I love the way you mentioned earlier, Richard, Richard Brooker's moving. Uh, I love the swagger of Jason when he's on the dock after he's shot Vera in the eye with the, the, the spear gun. And he's just sort of meandering, kind of like, like slowly walking his way up to the, the house. And it's just <laughs> the physicality in this role and, and, and how they portray Jason just to me, like, I, this maybe not is not one of the best made of the series, but uh, it, for whatever reason, all of the the imperfections line up really well to make this a fun one for for the Friday Thirteenth movies. Yeah, no, I think this one's super fun to watch, and yes, I don't yes. know. I don't say yeah. <laughs> well, um, what would you name us if we had to create a gang? <laughs> because <laughs> we have Ali, uh, uh, Fox, and Loco. Is our is our bike bike gang, or biker gang? What do you think we should have as names for uh, if we were if we were to start a, a motorcycle gang? Um, hmm. <laughs> uh, wish you had asked me this like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, I was running a, a little a little uh, a little hotter. <laughs> um, I will give I will so. Uh, Win always goes by the nickname. Win's designated himself for a wrestling name is Rock and John, which I don't know why. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. I'll I'll, I'll do that. And I, I'm trying to think of a name for you. Um, Carter Carter calls himself Brick Murphy as his uh, wrestling name, so maybe you could be Brick. Sure, sure, why not? <laughs> you'll be Brick. All right, you'll be Brick. So yeah, I got right. I got nothing on this. Uh. So we've talked about our Star Trek. I mean, would you put Carl Weathers in this? Like, where would you put? Uh, I mean, he'd kind of have to be Jason. <laughs> Otherwise, I would assume he would defeat Jason. I would make him um, Chris's dad. <laughs> I don't know how. Dad, he's get at a, at a scene in. Where... Yeah, he's just like he's he's talking about his hammock fortunes. He's <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about. His uh, sweet, sweet resort uh, called Higgins Haven. So, yeah. Hey, Chris, I, I, while you're there, really push the hammocks to your friends. 
trying to get to the younger market. <laughs> I'm going to give them a 30 day free trial on these hammocks, but then they got to pay for them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, 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 I would give him some ancillary role. I, w- I wouldn't put him anywhere in, yeah. in the middle of the real cast <laughs> in this movie. So, what would you rank this? Because I, I think th- this to me is the, is not the pinnacle, but it's up there for for Friday Thirteenth movies. Like, what? Where do you put this? Is like a out of five? Yeah, I struggled with this one because I mean, it's it's the the battle I always have with kind of things like. Am I evaluating my enjoyment of it or <laughs> am I evaluating like the technical quality of it? Well, enjoyment. What's your enjoyment? And then uh, uh, I think in my notes, I'll stick with it. Wait, what What did I have for? Uh... You had three and a half. Spoiler. Yeah. I know. I, I didn't know if I did. Uh... Oh, no, I actually had three and a half. Sh- I actually had no, I had three out of five Shelly pranks, but I'll go up to three and a half. Three and a half, 3.5. Uh, oh, yeah, 3.5 you said, Shelley. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, um, his own death. I have to give this, I give it four and a half out of five. Um, holy shit, uh, 3D eyeball effects because <laughs> I just, it, it, it's, I could watch this every day. It's just, you know, it's, yeah, it's I just, know what you it's, mean. It's comfortable, it's fun, it's, it's to me, it's it's the zeit, it's like the heart of what this series should be, and again, is 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 the third movie in the series. They they make the exact right choice of just doubling down on on, on and and knowing exactly what the audience wants. They're not, you know, to your point, trying to overexplain a backstory, and they're not wasting a bunch of time on screen to give that to you. They're just giving you a real kind of dumb dumb down movie. It's fun yeah. <laughs> uh, and entertaining, but it's not trying to be anything more than that. I think that's that's an I give them props for for being smart about not overthinking this this uh, this movie. And it's an odd strength of it. It's got a large number of underdeveloped characters. So every time you watch it, <laughs> you can watch kind of from like a different character's perspective and be like, what's going on with them? Like, <laughs> What's going on with Chuck? Yeah, what's, like, yeah. It's, what's going on with Andy? What 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 what's his backstory? And kind of be like, it, there's a lot to fill in. The more you watch it, of uh, <laughs> what is the deal with these people? <laughs> Very uh, Seinfeld questions. What's the deal with Shelley? What's uh, the deal with the cast of Friday the Thirteenth Part Three? Why do you think Debbie is pregnant? Um, <laughs> maybe Shelley's the dad. Maybe like uh, Andy went out to like, he, look, he's got a Letterman's jacket on. Maybe he was out trying out for the football team. His roommate Shelly and his girlfriend Debbie just one night decided, you know what? We're going to give this a shot. And uh, Andy is not the dad. Mm. It's Shelly. And that's why Shelly's kind of acting out. Doesn't know what to do. And yeah, he's awkward. Gone a little. Yeah. He's tasted the forbidden fruit. He's trying to figure out how to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, so what do we have oh, next? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Um, Which is such a departure in terms of part threes from fr- this. Because it's going like, well, except for one, it's going like, a, well, I guess say new cast, but I guess ah. this is a new cast, but in a different way of like, it's just varying 
into a completely different realm than what the standard has the first two have been of just like high school students where this is going into like a mental hospital with Lawrence Fishburne um, who seems to never not be working as an orderly in this hospital employee of the month that guy he is working his ass off I uh I uh the doctors love him the patients love him like I just I can't wait to talk about uh, Heather Langenkamp and uh, Craig Watson. Oh, like that's, I'm just so excited. I want to talk about their date. I feel like they went to an olive, like an Olive Garden. What do you think they ate? Um, how long have they been together? What do they talk about uh, when they're not watching paint dry? Like what do they? <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm excited, excited we get a little bit of John Saxon on this podcast finally. <laughs> uh, uh, drunk ass John Saxon. <laughs> oh yeah. So I I, uh, I have a theory. Well, we'll talk about it, but I, I we'll talk about it. There may be some tie-ins to Halloween 3 here <laughs> when we talk about the next episode. <laughs> if I see Dr. Dan Chalice in the background, I will not be surprised in a couple of these scenes. <laughs> yeah. So. They'd, they'd be friends. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like they're not on a first-name basis, but they drink a lot together, if that makes sense. <laughs> they, don't know, they don't know each other's names. Yeah. Just like doctor and sheriff. <laughs> yeah, it's like... A lot of head nods and hey, nice to see you. how he's going. Oh, yeah. But they know some intimate details about each other's lives. They definitely talk about their ex-wives a lot. That's what I feel like. So I love it. All right. Then I'm I will excited. I will catch you next week. We're gonna be talking about uh Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. Nothing from Mike. <laughs>